Welcome to This Seriously Sucks, the right podcast when life goes seriously wrong. A series for people hit with a devastating life event. We talk about wishing you could get a do-over, the scary, sad shit going on in your head and not wanting to go on. No deep psychological theory or just think happy thoughts advice here. These are practical strategies to help you get through this seriously sucky time. Now, here is your host, the author of This Is Not The End, who knows what it feels like to want it to be the end, Nina Sossaman Pogue. Yes, this is the right podcast when life goes seriously wrong. Hi, everyone. I'm Nina, and I am sorry that you are here, but so glad that you found us. Sorry, because you're likely going through a really rough time. Here on this podcast, we call that serious thing that you're dealing with right now, you're this. I just like to make sure everybody knows that, understands that, uh, how we use the word this before we jump in, or you'd be really confused. So whatever the big thing is that you're dealing with, the reason that you jumped on this morning is uh, that is your this that's the term we use. And this morning, we're going to talk about actually my favorite thing to share with people when they're in the middle of a really tough situation. Uh, and it's this lifetime timeline thinking, uh, really, it's about where this fits in in your life, in the story of your life. So something has happened to you. It has derailed your plans. It has changed the trajectory of your life, something big a trauma, a divorce, a failure, a job loss, a, a diagnosis, something has happened that is making it so you have to make new plans. I mean, your life is not going to be what you thought it was going to be. And that's the reality that comes with a big trauma. You've got to make changes to get it back on course or to take it in a new direction. And that's part of what we talk about here on this podcast, because uh, we know it sucks. And uh, those of us who have been there are just trying to share what we have done and thought about to get through to the other side. And as I've said before, our guests on this podcast are all at least 10 years past some big, pivotal, traumatic moment in their life that changed how they think and who they are. And they all have found great success on the other side. So we just want to share how we possibly got through the moments when we didn't even want to keep going because we've been there. We've been to those moments where you just don't want to be you and you don't want to keep going and you just want someone to figure it out for you or to have it end. Well, we can help. So stick around. On this episode, we are going to talk about this lifetime timeline perspective thinking, and we're going to geek out on a little bit of math. Oh, and then I have some random thoughts on tattoos that I'm going to share. Uh, I put this in my first book, and uh, it's pretty entertaining. In most instances, you can't just keep going in the same direction you were. You've got to adjust a little bit and make this part of you. And I am guessing that you don't want this to be part of you. That's part of the problem. And so it spins around in your head and there's no place for it because you don't want this to be you. This isn't who you want to be or who you thought you were, and it was not the plan you had. So what do you do with that as it's spinning around in your head, opening every door, trying to find a place, and 
you don't want to let it in. It doesn't fit. Doesn't it? Isn't what you want. So we're going to look at that. We touched on this in the first episode. In the story of your life, this is now part of your story. Whether you want it to be or not, you are the main character in this story of your life, and this is now something that has happened. Uh, this is an action that has happened to the main character, an event that has happened in the main character's life, and you are the main character. So picture the story of your life for a moment and just play with me here. Just I know it's you got other stuff going on, but think about this hard for one moment. Tune in. Picture the book of your life sitting on the table in front of you. How big is that book? How thick is it? What color is the cover of the book? Is it a hardback? Is it softback? Is it maybe a children's book? Is it a comic book? And what does the story of your life look like? We all kind of come at this from our own angle. So that's your story. Now open it up to the page that is today. Where are you in that book? Are you towards the beginning? Maybe you're in your teens. Uh, are you towards the middle? Maybe you're around 50. Are you near to the end? Maybe you're in your 80s. Like where, where is, open up that book to the part of, the, of that book Say you live to be 100, flip it open to the page that is today and think about where you are for a moment. Can you picture it? All right, well, let's start with this thought. Everything you've done up to this point fills all those pages, all the people and the places and the things you said and the things people have said and the awards and the failures and the, all of it. It's right up till this page. All the pages ahead, all those pages ahead in your book, they are blank. They are blank. You're going to decide what to put there. You are more in control of what's going to go into those pages than anybody else. And yes, things happen out of our control, but you will decide the language used to describe those things. And you will decide the people and places and where this book goes from here. So all of those blank pages will be filled in by you. You are the author of your own story. And here's why this is so important. Because this right here, what we're in the middle of, this really seriously sucky moment, and the reason you tuned in, this is just a chapter in that book. You do not want it to be your whole book. This does not create a new book. This is a chapter in this book, and then there's lots of other chapters after it. And then those, there's good stuff and bad stuff and joy and happiness and sadness and you know, fun things that happen and crazy things that happen. That's how life is. It's all out there in those other chapters. But this thing that is happening right now is just one chapter in your long storied life. It is not the whole book. Think about this with me for a minute. Remember when you were 10 and summer seemed to go on forever? Like you have those long summer days and it's just summertime seemed like such a long time. It was magical and you're with your friends and you're out and about. Like summer just like this long stretch of time. For those of you who are parents, think about a summer when you were 40 and how quickly that went by when you were parenting kids. Like you, you blink and summer's over and you go, holy crap, where did that go? Like, how did that time go by so fast? So same summertime, a couple of months. But when you're 10, that is one tenth of everything you know in life. One, that year of being 10 is one tenth of everything you've ever experienced. And when you're 40, it is one fortieth of everything you have ever experienced. Same 365 days, same one, 365 days, but very different perspectives in the concept of time. 
one way to look at this and actually get your brain around it is to draw a timeline. If you sit down with a piece of paper sometime and draw a timeline from zero to 100 and then look at, break it up into tens, 10-year-old, 20-year-old, 30-year-old, 40-year-old, all the way up to when you're 100, and then put some of your milestones in it. For me at 19, you know, losing my sport and a knee injury and I could no longer be a gymnast in college. And then, you know, I can look at in my 30s, going through a divorce, also in my 30s, getting fired, 40, a traumatic accident. What does it look like? You throw in kids. I had children in my 30s. Um, they're out of the house by the time they're, you know, I had 50. So what does, what does that look like? So put your things, your good stuff, you know, like children and, and the tough stuff, things that didn't go well in there. You know, I could also put on my timeline, made the U.S. team, won an Emmy, took a startup public. Like there's a lot of fun stuff in there that I could put in. It's good to put in the good and the bad, but timeline those things out. And then think about where this is right now, whatever it is big you're going through and do a little bit of math. For me and my timeline, uh, the math really was shocking for me. I mean, at 19, when I could no longer be a gymnast, and that's what I had been my whole life, moved away from home when I was 13 into an Olympic training center, trained for the Olympics, made the U.S. team, lived that life for all those years, and then didn't make the Olympic team, one devastating event, and very embarrassing and tough to get past, and then went to college and then blew out my knee my freshman year and didn't even know who I was because what was I without gymnastics if I couldn't come back and do that sport? So there's an example from my own life of just where does that, I felt like my whole life was over. Everything that I had worked so hard for, the how I identified, you know, back then it was like bumper sticker on my car and the sweatshirts that I wore. You know, today it would be your Instagram and it would be your Twitter account. It would all be about your sport. And so how do you go on and become something else when that is so much who you identify as being? And I look back on it now and I use this timeline thinking and I think, well, of course it felt like that. At 19, when I lost my sport, I'd spent 80% of my known life in a gym. 80% of my life had been gymnastics. So of course it felt like my whole life was over. But if I do the math and look at it when I was 40 and parenting or 50 and my kids were going off to college, it looks very, very different. Let me do that math for you. So I'm digressing and talking about me a little bit more than you, but I think this can help if you think about where this fits in on your timeline. So for me, being a mom at home with kids was 20 years of my life from age 30 to 50, let's say. So 40% when they were all went away to college is how much of my life that was, 40% of my whole life, if I do the math. 20% of my life, if I you know, live to be 100 and I need to you know, eat better and stop drinking, but that's another story in a different podcast. <laughs> Fun fact though, when I was 40 years old and was busy parenting kids ages eight, nine, and 10, that parenting experience was 25% of my life, those years. That 20 years is about the same percentage as my four-year high school experience was at the time. Really interesting to look at your life this way and think about how it relates to how important the moment that you're in is in. So by the time I was 50, I had had about one child under my roof for at least 20 years, okay? All of those 20 years, at least one kid was still home. 
So parenting represented about 40% of my life experience. By the time all of my kids left the house for college, I'd been a parent for much longer percentage of my life than I'd been a gymnast. So 40% of my life had been parenting compared to 28% at that point of gymnastics. So that gives perspective to the 19-year-old me who thought my life was over. Like it, it does feel like your life is over. That was very real feelings because it was all I knew. What I felt in college was real, but the data, the life, the math, you know, alters my view of that life experience. Life is long. I know people say, you know, life is short, grab the gold ring, buy the shoes, go for it. But life is long and you are writing this long life story. And this is one really crappy chapter. It just, it's different when you get to a different phase in life. And I hated it when people said, oh, time will, time will, you know, heal all wounds or it'll get better with time. I'm not telling you that. I'm just sharing this concept of write out a timeline and look at your life. And for those of you who just think I can't go on and this isn't okay and I don't want to be this person, like all those pages ahead are blank. All that timeline ahead has nothing on it. You can do crazy shit in there. You can like sell everything and buy an RV and go around the country or, you know, clean out your bank accounts and decide to be a skydiver, take up painting, be totally different than you are right now. it's, It's all up to you what you want to put in those pages ahead. It doesn't have to be the end. It's just going to be different. So it's really fascinating for me to look at that way. And I hope it helps you in some way. Here's a concept. If you're in college, and I've talked to a lot of college kids. Again, I had three kids in college. And so my, my own kids and their friends, they would say, oh my gosh, I just need, need chapter six. This is chapter six of my book is this lifetime timeline thing. But chapter six, when they would you know, get drunk at a party and make an ass of themselves and fall on their face and end up with stitches or knocking out a tooth and like they wanted to quit school or they... You know, they were failing classes and they couldn't go home to their parents because they were like, life was horrible. They just were given up. Um, you know, my kids would get me on the phone with them and I would share this concept with them and go, you know, it sucks right now. Like what you're going through, it, it's real and it does suck and shitty thing. And then you made a stupid choice and it doesn't mean it has to be the end. And so I'd work with them on, let's come up with a script. Let's call each of your professors and go, okay, I made a really stupid did a stupid thing this weekend, made a really stupid choice, and uh, I'm in really bad shape, and I'm not going to be able to come to class for a while, and really use your help. Help me get to the other side of this. And every time, their professors would help them. And if they said those things to their friends, too, and said, wow, that was really stupid. I won't be doing that again. Or I just made you know an ass out of myself. And they didn't have to say I'm sorry or anything. They just said, wow, that was really horrible, and it's on me. And embarrassed and won't be doing that again. And I could use your help to get out of this situation I'm in. People help. People, people are kind. The professors were kind. The students, gave, it gave them a way to get past it. They just needed a sentence to talk about it. And we'll do a whole episode on creating a script to protect yourself. That's a whole different thing. But back to this lifetime. For a freshman year in college at age 19, say, that's one nineteenth or 5.3% of your life. Okay. Each year, of college, though, jumps. That's why college seems so important when you're in it. So at age 20, college becomes two twentieths or 10% of your life. I told you I was going to geek out about math. At age 21, college becomes three twenty-firsts, which is about 14.3% of your life. And then at age 22, 
when you graduate, if you do it in four years, took me five, that's fine too. But if you do it in four, then college, that college experience, those four years, it becomes 420 seconds or 18, a little more than 18% of your whole life. So when you get out of college, that is a big chunk of your life experience. And it's when you're adulting and making your own decisions and really thinking for yourself. So it seems like it's a big, big piece, but it's one piece of a very long life. Middle school can be a really tough time for some kids. And this math is eye-opening. If middle school for you was three years, say three years long, and you were 14 when it ended, your middle school experience was 21% of your life to that point. That's a lot. So the three years in middle school, the four years in college, because you're young and because those years are so important, they sting. They feel different, but they are not your whole life. You have a whole long life ahead of you. You know, I go through and do this relate with relationships too. So if you're in the middle of a breakup, or somebody dumped you or a divorce and you left or the other person left and it just feels like life is ruined. Granted, I remember being there and just the thought that it was never going to be what I wanted it to be. Like Christmases wouldn't be the same and those things that just, I had such a hard time getting my head around that. And we'll talk about that in some other episodes, but just the math of it for now, those split ups, those things are, are big at the moment. So when I look back and do the math, so my first husband and I dated and were married for a total of 10 years. So when we divorced, it had been 10 years and I was 35 when we split up. So that means it was 20, about 28% of my life when we split. If I count from age 12, 12, when you first start dating and stuff, that becomes about 43% of my whole romantic life experience. I count 12 because I think that was my first real kiss. So if you look at when you first started dating or being in relationships right up till the first big one and then when it ends, that's the first big one is really what you know about relationships. It's a big percentage of what you know about love in that way. If I think about my second marriage, which of course I had to do the math and figure out how long I have to be married to this guy before it's longer percentage wise than the first one. And uh, at age 56, that percentage of my romantic life experience with my husband, Ben, will finally surpass the percentage of my romantic life experience for my first husband. So those 18, it'll be 18 years of marriage then, and it'll equal the 10 years of marriage for my first marriage. It's just interesting to think of how you experience the world and the time and why it seems so much different uh, when you're 10 and summers seem long and when you're 40 and parenting and summer seems so fast. So for all of you 40-year-olds parenting 10-year-olds, yeah, when they say you're ruining my life, they really feel that way. So just keep that in mind. So I just suggest you create your own life is long timeline, you know, put it down on paper and look at it and do a little math and try to figure out where this fits in. And the good news that I have for you, if there is any in the middle of this crappy chapter that you're going through is two things. One, there are chapters ahead and they will be different than this chapter. And two, after really difficult events, like whatever it is, your this that you're going through, you become stronger. And in many, many cases, and we will do a whole episode on that, in many cases, people go on to do pretty amazing things afterwards. It's just getting through this the right way so you can build some strength. And right now, I know that's not even, you're not even ready to hear that. You just want to figure out how to get to the other side. So we'll save that for later. So 
as you think about this concept of life is long and this timeline and how much of a percentage of your life this is, I just need to add this one little section on tattoos. Now, I am tattoo agnostic. I am not pro-tattoo or anti-tattoo. I just want to put these words out there for you to think about before you go write whatever it is that you're going through on your body somewhere. Um, tattoos often accompany these really crappy chapters and these defining moments in our lives. So I just think it's important to put it out there to think about this maybe in a different way. If you want to mark the highs and lows in your life on your body, that is up to you to show those pivotal moments or those milestones in our lives. A lot of people do that. I personally don't have any tattoos as I do this, but you know, as I said, who knows? Life is long. I might change my mind on that. But if I think about my own milestones, I could have some fun ones. I could have like Olympic rings with a line through it, you know, or an LSU tiger or a little Emmy statue or, you know, shoot my first husband's name with a line through it. There's a lot of things that could be on my body. Thankfully, I didn't do those things. Uh, my friend, Jacqueline, she said I could use her name. She told me uh, there should be a wait period for tattoos. This was fun. So she was a young woman that I that worked with uh, worked for me and I've mentored through the years. And she sat down with me not long after her mom died and she took some time off work and then she came back and she had this tattoo and, you know, it was probably a few weeks or so when she got it. And then months later we were chatting and she said, yeah, there should be a moratorium on tattoos. Hers was on her arm and it said, mom, I had a heart and some other stuff on it. And uh, she said, there should be a moratorium. There should be like a sign. There should be a waiting time. Like, when you go to get a gun, like, hey, are you really angry right now? We're not going to give you a gun. So same thing. Are you really like, overly emotional about something? Because we're not going to write it on your body. She said, because I probably would have done it differently or something else. Uh, years later, she got a really beautiful tattoo that she helped design herself. And it's beautiful art. And the artwork is she's really proud of. But she said, yeah, maybe there should be a moratorium on when you get those. Uh, I sometimes think of Oh, one of my favorite authors, Ryan Holiday. If you haven't read The Obstacle is the Way or Ego is the Enemy, highly recommend those books when you're in a better headspace because um, they really are their stoicism. And there are a lot of what I believe, the philosophy that I believe helps us all through these things. But uh, Ryan Holiday, he's the author of those books. And I read somewhere that he had these two book titles, like his mantras written on his arm. Like on one arm, it says, Obstacle is the Way. And on the other, it says, Ego is the enemy. And so I, I looked up this guy online just to see how old he was. I think he was born like 87 or something. And I thought, wow, I feel like I need to reach out to him and tell him about my life is long concept because he's brilliant and he's going to write lots of books and he's going to run out of space on his body. He's just so good. But I didn't. But if any of you know Ryan Holiday, let him know that I was a little worried about that. And he still has written more books since then. So uh, yeah, maybe you should slow down a little bit or make him smaller. There we go. Find another spot and make him smaller. He's just got a lot of great things ahead of him. So I digress a bit, but this is just a fun thing to think about. We played a game with our kids since they were young. And usually we'd play it on the way back from the beach because we lived uh, near the beach and we'd be on our way home. And even when the kids were little, like in car seats in the back of the car, all the way up through when they were in high school, we played this game. We'd be sandy and tired from spending the day at the beach. And someone would say on the way back, okay, today's the day. We're all going to get tattoos. So by the time we get home, you have to decide what one you're getting. And everyone would talk about what they would get at that moment. And 
it really was interesting to see the journey we'd all been on. Between our three kids, there would have been tattoos of like a red Power Ranger, a My Little Pony, the symbol for Pi, a really awesome Minecraft thing that my son actually designed to go up his leg, uh, a frog. Like at one point, there was the grandparents' names they wanted tattooed on them. And oh, my daughter wanted this infinity loop with a little heart on her hip. Uh, the atomic symbol for water. My husband was into that one at one point uh, and so many more. I mean, there's just a lot of interesting things and it's sort of a list of the roadmap of each person's past, a visual representation of their lives and the things that they were passionate about. So, you know, at 17, my son uh, was a baseball player and he designed this amazing tattoo that he would sure, he was sure he was going to put on his arm, he had Tommy John surgery. And so he was going to use the scar as a smiley face and then put some eyes in this baseball with these flames. Once he started like throwing a hundred again, he was all excited about how that was going to look when he was a pro, pro ball player, you know? And, and now I look back and he's in med school and it's gone a different path, but th these are all things that were very much a part of who they were in the moment. So I share this because I just want you to have a blank slate for whatever your passion is in the future and whatever change is coming your way. Uh, I, there's so much that happens in our lives in general. And if this is something that you want permanently written on your body, keep in mind that people are going to ask you about it. You will have to tell the story over and over. If you don't want this to define you, you may want to choose some other way to remember it. So there you go. I've geeked out long enough on math and timelines and tattoos. <laughs> I hope some of it made sense to you. I hope this resonates with you. I hope you can see when you look at your own timeline and the good and the bad. I sometimes put the good stuff above the line and the bad stuff below the line when I write it out. That helps me kind of visualize too, high points and low points. But just know there's more high points to come and there's all those blank pages and all that blank timeline ahead. And I hope that that thinking helps you figure out where this fits in. Again, this is one chapter in your very long life. Don't stay right where you are. Don't make this your whole story. And in the next episode, we will talk about what that looks like, why you don't want to make this your whole story, and why this, whatever it is you're going through, your this, should not have to define you. I know this is a seriously sucky chapter in your life, but you've got this. Thanks for listening. Hey, if you're ready to get serious about getting past this seriously sucky event in your life, join the club. Go to mythis.club to get a free copy of my book, and there's other resources to help you get through this. This has been another episode of This Seriously Sucks. Opinions expressed in this podcast are those of Nina Sossaman Pogue and her guests. They are not a substitute for professional advice. If you are experiencing suicidal thoughts, call 1-800-273-TALK or send a text to www.crisistextline.org. 